Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo-Coster. We have another kick-ass guest on the show today, Rick McGinnis, founder of Bearcat Media, an affiliate management agency dedicated to driving the right results for each client. In this episode, we talk all about not only why you need an affiliate program, but how to actually do it right. Not only has Rick been managing other people's affiliate programs for the last decade, he even uses it for his own e-commerce business. So you know this stuff really works. And you'll even hear me talk about how I did affiliate marketing the wrong way in my previous job. So it's definitely a fun episode. And he's giving the listeners of the e-commerce badassery podcast a special gift, free access to an event he ran recently called the Affiliate Management Expo dedicated to affiliate management best practices for brands. So make sure you head to the show notes to get access to that. Let's dive right in and welcome Rick to the show. Welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's always good to talk affiliate marketing and I'm looking forward to it today. Me too. So I'll give you for the audience a little bit of background. When I had my day job and I was the only employee doing every single job, one of those jobs was to manage our affiliate program. And admittedly, I didn't do a very good job of it because I had a hundred other things I had to do. So I'm really excited to kind of get this strategy and idea and why this is important from someone who's been doing this for over a decade. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. The situation you just outlined is very common. People get thrown into managing an affiliate program, but they got to do a hundred other things and the affiliate program just is average or fails or whatever. It just doesn't get the time it needs. That's a common thing I hear a lot. So you're not alone. Yeah. And you know what? I think that if you're going to do an affiliate program right it's almost a full-time job. So to just have it be one of 12 things that you have to do, you know, it's not going to get the attention that it needs. So I'm really excited to kind of school the e-commerce badassery listeners here. But for those of you guys listening who maybe aren't familiar with an affiliate program, I'm going to have Rick kind of tell you a little bit about that. And then we're going to get into some of the nitty gritty on how to actually do this. So Rick, can you give my audience sort of a little overview? Yeah, I'll start out with the basics of affiliate marketing in general. What is it? So you have an uh, e-commerce website and you have a third party, an affiliate who wants to promote your products or service And what they do is they will promote your product or service on their website, through an email list, through paid search campaigns, social media, however they want to do it. And every time that they drive a sale through your website, they get a commission or a flat dollar amount on each sale. So basically you have a sales force out there that's getting paid 
on performance only, which is why affiliate marketing is one of the growing channels out there. It's a no-brainer and it's performance-based, so why shouldn't brands be doing it? Yeah, exactly. And you're not paying them unless they actually convert sales. And so that's kind of like the distinction between affiliate marketing and, you know, what you may think of as influencer marketing or working with content creators where generally you are paying them up front for the creation of that content. Now, you know, because I talk about this all the time, I still think that is worth the investment. So I'm not saying that like, oh, you shouldn't pay up front, but that is kind of the distinction between those two. And when you're thinking about setting this up, if you heard Rick say they're getting paid on performance. So we'll probably talk about this a little bit, but when you are creating your affiliate program, you have to set it up in a way that it is also beneficial for these potential affiliates. So let's say, okay, they're convinced they want to do affiliate marketing. Where do they start? How do they get started? How do they set it up? How do they do it right? What can you tell us about that? There's a lot of things that you need to do. It may seem overwhelming, but they're really not difficult to do. So what you got to do first, say, you know, you're going to get into affiliate marketing, you have a program, you got to find out what your competitors are doing with the affiliate program as well. You got to find out where their program is being run, whether it be a big affiliate network like ShareSale, CJ, Rakuten, Impact, or on a SaaS software like Refersion, or even a plugin software that goes into your Shopify store, like Affiliately, something like that. You got to find out what they're doing. And then you got to find out how much commission they're paying per sale. So you don't just want to go in there and say, I'm going to pay them 10% because it may be higher, but you want to find out what they're paying because they may have a tiered structure set up where it's performance tiers involved. And you want to make sure you're as competitive as possible because affiliates, what they do is they sign up for multiple programs at one time. They don't just sign up for yours. So you want to make sure that you stand out and that you're as competitive as possible with brands that you're competing with because the affiliate can easily just go to the next one and start promoting them and making more money. It's the competitive analysis, finding out where the programs are being run, the commissions, and finding out what type of affiliates they have, because that's going to be really the most important part is trying to find affiliates that are helping them succeed. You want to bring them on board as well to help you succeed. So the competitive analysis, I never even start a program or take over an existing program without doing one of those, because it tells me a lot about what we're going to be doing moving forward. And from there, after you do the competitive analysis, that's where you can actually figure out where you're going to go and set it up and setting it up really depends on the budget that the, the brand has because there's big affiliate networks. I'm sure, you know, they do charge a nice chunk of change just to set up. And then they take a percentage of each sale as well, which you got to factor into your budget. If you are doing it with a major network, the SaaS software, on the other hand, they're mostly monthly charges. And it can range from 50 to $200 a month, just depending on what software and what kind of solutions you have included in there. But for the most part, you can get started with an affiliate program, setting it up for a few hundred dollars. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And 
I want to go back to the competitive analysis because this is so important, especially because the percentages that the average program is giving out there, it ranges a lot depending on the industry, as at least what I've seen. So if you're talking, you know, fashion and apparel, and you guys listening, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there is a program called Reward Style, which every fashion blogger is a part of. That's what they generally use. And it's like every retailer is in there, but they're only paying 2 to 5% on apparel and accessories versus the industry that I was in. That was more 15-ish percent was kind of the average. So that competitive analysis is going to be really, really important to make sure that they want to put their time, energy, and effort into actually promoting your business over everyone else's. And one other thing I would say is you also want to make sure that your website converts before you start this. So if you haven't really proven your product organically yet, and you're just getting started and you don't know if people want to buy your stuff or if your website converts and all that, fix that stuff first before you go into all of this affiliate stuff. Because if they start pushing traffic to you and they're not making money, they're going to stop pushing traffic to you. Okay. So now that you are ready to do your affiliate program, you're getting this all set up. I heard you say types of affiliates. Can you kind of elaborate on that and let us know what we should be looking for? Yeah. You mentioned one reward style. They're more of a, what we call a sub affiliate where they sign up for the affiliate program, but then they have all the fashion bloggers, sub affiliates underneath them. And then that's how that works. But there's many types of affiliates. We talked earlier before we got on here about coupon affiliates. Those are websites where like the Retail Me Nots and the Ebates and Savings.com where they have coupon codes on there and they get paid a commission for converting sales through the coupon codes. But there's really an affiliate for every type of marketing you can think of. So there's email affiliates. There's affiliates that promote brands to their email lists. There are paid search affiliates that strictly do paid search campaigns for brands. So what they do is they can either be the whole paid search team and do it all that way on a performance basis, or they can work in conjunction with the current paid search team and fill in the gaps where the in-house team is not doing the paid search tactics at that moment. There's content affiliates, people that write blogs. There's review affiliates that review products. There's YouTube affiliates, ones that promote products on YouTube, whether it be through reviews or skits and things like that. So any way you can think about promoting a product, there's an affiliate out there for it. You just got to know where to look for them and to provide them with enough of an incentive to consider you and your brand to promote it. So I actually have on my website, I think I'll send you a link so that you can include it, the 11 types of affiliates to consider for an affiliate program. Oh, that's awesome. I'll definitely stick that in the show notes for you guys. Is there one that you've seen kind of works better than the other? Or does it really just depend on the industry, the product, the customer? It depends on what the brand wants to do. So I'll be honest, the majority of the brands nowadays want to minimize or limit the coupon affiliates because they don't really add value to the program. They are hijacking a customer that would have converted anyway. But most of the brands nowadays want the content out there. So the blog posts, the reviews, 
the user generated content, the influencer stuff, not so much on like social media, but the influencers on like YouTube where the content lives forever. That's kind of where this is going, where brands want to have the content out there. The SEO value as well helps, but the content is definitely the number one requested affiliate out there. And there's really no shortage of them either. They pop up every day, new ones. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, especially right now. And it's been this way for a couple of years, and I imagine it will stay this way, is content really is the thing that sells products, sells anything. It's really all about content. That's what we're doing every day when we're creating Instagram content and real content and YouTube and blog posts and email. You know, it is all content and that's what really keeps business moving forward. So that makes perfect sense. I definitely want to touch on the coupon situation because like I mentioned before we started recording, when I was doing the affiliate program at my previous gig, we were using a platform. They had a management team that could do it for us. And it was a big platform that had a bunch of uh, affiliate marketplace and they managed the program in the beginning. And the first thing that they did was get us into all of those coupon websites and the browser extensions like Honey. And really all that did, like you said, is it hijacked customers that were already going to convert. And then when you look at your analytics, it steals all of the attribution. So for you guys listening, the attribution, let's pretend you send an email to someone, they click through the email, they come to your website, they go to make a purchase, and then the honey coupon bar pops up. And they use one of those coupons to complete the purchase. Well, now Honey is going to get the attribution for that because that was the last action the customer took before they made that purchase. And then you are going to pay a commission to Honey and then to potentially the platform that you're using when really they probably would have just bought it from clicking on your email. You know, I think if you are a huge multi-million billion dollar business, then that's fine because you're really just looking for that top line revenue. But as a small business, I would really stay away from that stuff. Let's say they are using a platform like a pepper jam or something like that. Is there something that the business has to do on their end to kind of make sure they don't end up in those programs? Or is it as easy as just don't accept them? Yeah, it just depends on who's managing it. So if the brand themselves are managing the program, they'll get notified every time a new affiliate applies to the program and you'll see who they are. If it's the coupon sites or the honeys and you can just decline them. But if you have an outside management team doing it, like an outsourced program management team, you got to just give them specific instructions like, look, we don't want these type of affiliates in our program. These are what we're looking for. And it's really simple just to do it that way. But I wanted to go back and just talk about there are ways to work with these type of partners in a different way. What you can do is with, with the honeys and the coupon sites, you can pay them a lower commission. So you can pay them like 1% commission on a sale and the default rate everyone else will get will be like 10 or whatever you guys do. Or you can split the attribution depending on the software you have. So if the person that introduced the product can get like 75% of the commission and then the closer can get the remaining 25% of that. So there's different ways you can do it. You can still work with them within different parameters, but it does take a little more work to set all that up and to get all that going. And if brands are doing it themselves and they don't really understand, it's going to be a little more difficult. But again, I totally see the perspective of not wanting to work with them because I have issues with them quite a bit with clients. We have some clients where I do pay 
the Waller Commission, and they don't have a problem with it because deep down they know what they're doing is not exactly what they should be doing. Yeah, I guess it's all about what your own goals and expectations are. I know for us, at my previous job, when we were doing it, we started with it and we knew what we were getting into. But at that point in time, our number one goal was just to raise that top line revenue. So we didn't care. But then as we got more mature in e-commerce, we started to pull back on that. And I talk to you guys about this kind of stuff a lot is sometimes when you're in the beginning and you're trying to ramp something up, it's okay if it's not perfect or it's not as profitable as you want it to be. As you get better and better at it, it will become more profitable. So don't be afraid to kind of invest a little bit in the beginning. But if profit is tight for you, then maybe stay away from those kinds of platforms. So you also talked about paid search affiliates, and I definitely want to dig into this a little bit more. We've done some of that as well, and it was usually for specific campaigns. It would kind of be a one-off thing that we did during maybe a two-week period. We would let them run paid search ads. So if someone is going to do that, are there things that they should kind of watch out for, little policies that maybe they should have in place, like maybe not bidding on their brand name? Any little tips you can give us on that? Yeah, there's a few actually that brands should know is coupon sites like to come to brands and ask them if they can do what they call a trademark plus, which means use the brand's trademark plus the word coupon or promo code or deals in paid search campaigns. So you got to be careful watching out for that where some of them are successful, but you do got to keep an eye on them. You have to make sure that you're watching them and have policies in place that they can't like outbid you for certain things and things like that. Just got to have certain parameters in place. And the affiliates are usually pretty good at abiding by it because you can easily just boot them out of the program if they don't really go by your rules. So that's one. And then I like to work with primarily paid search affiliates that do just that. For example, I have an e-commerce site of my own that I am a partner with and we have a paid search company strictly 100% performance. They're putting their own money out for the campaigns and all the ads, everything like that. And they're only getting paid when they convert a sale. So I don't have a paid search team. They are my paid search team. So you can go that route too and have them take over everything and give them free reign to everything. But you just got to make sure that if you are allowing a paid search within your program, that you have specific rules saying, no trademark bidding. If you do, we will warn you once, second time you're out. That type of thing. It's just all about monitoring. There's software out there to monitor this stuff. It's one of those things where you really do have to understand that they do bring value, but also they understand that you may not know a lot about paid search or what's going on and may try and take advantage of it. So you have to have some kind of checks and balances and rules in place or else it's just going to be out of control. And I've seen it get out of control. and it doesn't end well because what happens is the brands don't realize what's happening until their own paid search costs keep going up. And then they realize that one of the affiliates is bidding on terms. And by that time it's too late and you just got to cut the loss and, and get rid of the affiliate. But there's definitely pros and cons to this. I believe there's more pros because I'm using it for my e-commerce store hundred percent. So I believe in it. And it's just a matter of just making sure that you're on top of it. 
Right. So the way you're doing it, you're sort of outsourcing to a paid search team that you only have to pay if they actually convert sales versus paying them like a flat monthly fee to manage the account. So I guess that's not the worst thing ever. No, and they put all the money out of their own pocket for the budget. But what they do is they ask you questions at the beginning. They ask you, what's the conversion rate of the site, which comes back to your site better convert. And what's the best commission rate you can give us? And then they do the math on their end and they're like, okay, well, this can work. And can we do this commission based on your conversion rate? And it's kind of negotiation, but most of the risk is on them. If they're willing to do that, then it's worth a test. Yeah. Would you say, because most of my audience at this point is not doing Google search, which everyone's just always talking about Facebook and Instagram. And I feel like paid search just doesn't get the credit it deserves because those are people literally looking for your product, like typing in words, looking for a product like yours. And so it can be really powerful. Would you say that this would be a good way to get started with that? Or do you think it's a little bit too dangerous because you yourself don't know enough about it to manage the affiliate? Yeah, I would say probably it wouldn't be the best thing to get started with because you have to understand two aspects. You have to understand the paid search part and the affiliate part. And if you're new to both of them at the same time, it's going to be tough to really balance it out and make sure you understand what's going on. I'm not saying you can't do it or shouldn't do it. It's just, I, I don't recommend it. Like for me, I'm not a paid search person and I'm not going to be paying thousands of dollars a month. Bringing in someone that is proven in the affiliate space to be able to do it and do it on a performance only basis, it's worth a shot. And the worst thing that can happen is you shut it down and you just either start over with a new paid search team or you do it internally. Yeah, great point. It can't hurt. You could always just kick them out. <laughs> That's the nice thing is you have complete control. It's literally just a button. You just press it and they are no longer part of your program. So when someone does have their program set up, I want people to know that it's not a set it and forget it type thing. You really need to keep people engaged and you need to provide them information and content and assets. So can you kind of talk us through some of those best practices and things that people should be prepared to do? Yeah, and that's the most common reason why affiliate programs either fail or don't hit their potential is because there's not enough time invested into running it. We were talking earlier before the interview, how it really is a full-time job. It should be given the attention it really needs because you need to keep your affiliates you have engaged, active. And the only way you're going to do that is by communicating with them regularly, providing them with new content, new products that are coming out, new creative assets. And the bottom line is if you're not communicating with your affiliates multiple times a month, they're going to go to another program that will treat them like a part of their team. And that's what it comes down to is affiliate marketing is relationship oriented. It's not like social media where you just flip a switch and your ads are going and things happen on their own. Affiliate marketing is a lot of manual steps where you got to go and find the affiliate, bring them in, set them up, and then get them what they need and continue to nurture that relationship. And it just comes down to brands understanding that. And that's the problem that I see is that there's not a lot of education out there showing brands how to run an affiliate program 
successfully and what they need to do because people think that you just get affiliates in the program, you give them the links and they're going to just go off and do what they got to do. No, it's really not that because the affiliates expect you to communicate with them and they expect you to find out what they need and get them updated promos, things like that. So the way I break it down is affiliate management. When I'm running an affiliate program, there's five pieces to it. So the first one's recruiting, which is finding the affiliates. And the next two, activation and communication, those are where you're actually working with your affiliates hands-on, getting them what they need and understanding what they want and how you're going to help them grow and grow the affiliate program in the process. The third part is the communication. That just comes back to newsletters and outreach emails to them. So those two right there are the most important parts, making sure that they understand that you're there to help them and you're there to make sure that if they need anything, you'll be there, you'll be their advocate to help them, or you'll find someone within the company that will be able to help them. Because the last thing you need is to have a bunch of affiliates in the program and none of them be active or promoting your brand because you never paid attention to them. So activation and communication, they're two separate things, but they really overlap with the relationship piece. Yeah, so important. I definitely want to dig into the recruitment part, but I just wanted to highlight a couple of things that Rick said is one that you have to be communicating with them regularly and think of it like, you know, I tell you to think about your email marketing. If you are not showing up in the inbox of your customer or in the inbox of your affiliate, your competitor is because these affiliates, they're part of multiple programs. So if you are not showing up for them, they're just going to go to the person who is. And I know as we're talking about this, you're thinking, great, now you're giving me more things to do. I'm already wearing a ton of hats. (laughs) How am I supposed to like manage this too? But, you know, think about who you have on your team who is already getting all of this information. Like, do you have a marketing person? Do you have somebody that does your social media? Even if you have a brick and mortar also, you probably have a sales associate who knows everything that's going on in your business because you have to tell them what promos you're running and all that stuff. So there's probably someone who can spend a little bit of their time on this to just translate that information over to them. Or you can hire someone to do it for you. And we can talk more about what that looks like, Rick. But first, tell us about the recruiting process. You know, one, where do they find the people and how do they get them excited and into the program? The most difficult part of growing an affiliate program is recruiting new affiliates because you're pretty much going out there and you have to sell your brand to someone to come and promote it. So that's the hardest part. But to find them, you have to have a plan. You can't just go out there and say, I'm going to just go find a certain number of affiliates each month. You're going to narrow it down into like niches. So for example, I'll just use my e-commerce store that I have. It's like a high-end fire pits for inside or outside. So you want to find out what type of affiliates you want. So for content-wise, I want to have a backyard outdoor type of content site. So I'm going to go and find a list of websites that fall into the outdoors and I kind of make your backyard look nice, document all the potential websites in their names, email addresses and such. And then what you're going to do is craft a message to them explaining what you want them to do in terms of being an affiliate, what's in it for them, like the compensation. And if there's a sample available, you can provide samples. So you want to make the messaging as personal as possible and make sure that the person you're reaching out to 
doesn't feel like they're just getting pitched to, like you're just sending a template to them. But you want to make sure that what's going to be in it for the affiliate, look at the commission and like how much money they could potentially make per sale and what you expect out of the relationship that they'll post like a piece of content on their website and promote it through social media. So you want to like put everything out there and let them know that this is what I expect from you. This is what you'll get from me. Here's the link to sign up. Let me know when you sign up so I can approve you, that kind of thing. But it sounds like an easy process by doing that, but it's really not because you're going to have to probably follow up with these people multiple times because they're not going to answer you the first time. Uh, you may have to come back a second time with maybe a special offer with them. Maybe if they join within the next week, you'll give them a temporary 5% increase on their commission for the first 30 days, something like that, just to get their attention because they're getting bombarded with multiple affiliate offers and yours is just in that pile. And you want to make sure that yours is as different as possible and as aggressive as possible. So getting that list together of who you want in the vertical you want is probably the best way to start. And then you can just do chunks at a time. You have to do everything in one month. You can just do it over time. And some verticals are going to be more responsive than others. And you'll find a sweet spot in one and focus more time there. So it's just finding out where your potential affiliates are living. And I find a lot of them just doing Google searches, like outdoor backyard blogs or YouTube videos reviewing products for outdoor backyards. It's time consuming, but you're going to find a lot of quality people out there that are willing to promote it on an affiliate basis. And like I said earlier, you may have to provide a sample depending on the products and the price points and things like that. But that's probably the least of your problems if you're giving them a sample. That means they're really interested and they're ready to promote the product and they have the audience for it. Yeah, so important. I think when we think about working with affiliates or even working with influencers and content creators, we forget that we need them more than they need us. So we have to really set ourselves up and kind of sell ourselves to them just like you would to a regular customer and really go a little bit above and beyond to stand out from everyone else that is in their inbox. As we're talking about this, I'm sure people are listening and thinking, well, yeah, you guys, you're really selling me on this whole affiliate thing. You're telling me how much work it's going to be, how hard it is. So why should they do it anyway, even though it is hard and it does take work? The main thing I tell brands that are just starting an affiliate program is that you're going to have access to a broad spectrum of new customers because the affiliates you bring in have a unique set of people following them in their audience. So they may not know about your brand now, but with the affiliates doing their job and promoting it, it can not only generate sales, but it can generate the brand awareness and you're going to become more popular out there. And when people start searching for products similar to yours, yours are going to pop up in the search results. Because of those affiliates and those partners, influencers, that's what I say all the time is you're getting access to people that you probably wouldn't have had access to in terms of potential customers with affiliates. And again, it comes back to it's performance-based. So yes, setting it up does cost a little bit of money, but you can do it relatively inexpensively if you do it right. So you're only paying for when sales happen versus social media and paid search where you're actually paying who knows what thousands of dollars a month and you may not get anything out of it 
Whereas affiliate marketing, you set it up and you reach out to the people you want to promote your brand. And then they only get paid when you get paid, really. So that's the benefits of it. And that's what I tell people is the access to new audiences and the performance model. Those are two of the main points. And it's really shocking to me that a brand nowadays with an e-commerce presence doesn't have an affiliate program. And if they don't, they should probably just consider one immediately. And there's ways to do it. I can provide some information to them as well. I think they can do it relatively inexpensively for say 500 to $700 setting it up and then they can be off and running. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. And I know we touched on this a little bit earlier in terms of like all the different platforms and the different ways you can do it and who has an affiliate marketplace. Just know that you don't need that to get started. I know you mentioned Affiliately, which is an app for Shopify, which I've used actually. So at my previous job, like we were with this platform. Initially, we were spending a ton of money on them to manage it and paying their platform the commission and the affiliate the commission. And then we kind of wanted to take some of it in-house. Like we were kind of going to split it, do some through the platform. And then some of the people that we had personal relationships with do it through the Affiliately app. And it has everything you need. You can do tiers and you can upload stuff and everyone gets their links and their dashboard. So it has everything you need and it's super Super easy. So yeah, we're talking about some of those bigger platforms, but you can graduate to those later. You don't have to feel like you start there. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure they know to ensure that they have a successful affiliate program? Yeah, you touched upon it a little bit before about like hiring someone to actually do it for you. There are companies out there that do manage affiliate programs for brands my company is one of them. I'm not here to sell my services or anything, but basically what we do is we come in and we can set up a program and manage it day to day. And then you would be basically hands off and we would just be consulting with you on creatives and strategy and things like that. The companies that do that, that's what they do is they do that every day. They recruit new affiliates, they activate them, they communicate with them. They make sure that they're compliant. They strategize to make the program grow. So that may not be in the budget for brands starting out because it can be a little expensive depending on the company that you go with. I would say the minimum is probably $1,000 a month. Plus there's a performance bonus in there. That's something to consider too down the road as you grow it and you see it getting bigger and you want to invest more into it and you bring a professional team in to do it for you. So that's always an option too. But starting on doing it yourself is never a bad thing. It's just a matter of making sure that you just bring the right partners in, right affiliates and monitor them and make sure that they have everything they need and you can do it on your own as well. Yeah. And another good point, go for quality over quantity when you're first getting this started, if you're going to do it in-house. And another way to think about this is if you have people that you are already working with, maybe you have a YouTuber that you work with and you're trying to figure out how many sales they drive based on a coupon code that you give them, because I know that's how most of us start out doing this consider moving them into an affiliate platform instead so they can get their custom links. You know the tracking will always be perfect. 
You don't have to rely on the customer to use the coupon code because they don't always do that. And it'll be much easier for you to even manage those existing relationships that you already have because of the unique links and the dashboard. And it will just make that process so much easier. So if someone was saying, okay, I want to do this, but I think I want someone else to manage it for me. And of course, it depends on a lot of things like how much money they have. Maybe they had upfront investment for their business. Maybe they're bootstrapping. But is there like a business size or some kind of benchmark of when it usually makes sense for them to outsource it to somebody like you? Brands that are just starting out probably should not invest in professional management right away. I would rather them use that money to grow the program without us. It can be done. You take that $1,000 a month, you can invest it into more influencers and more affiliates that are going to drive content. Then I would say as soon as you start to see consistent sales every month and you keep growing, and then you know that pretty soon it's going to get out of control and I can't be handling this. I got a ton of things to do then you should consider hiring an agency to do it. But if you're starting out, I would definitely recommend not because what I've seen with the brands that are just starting out and they start an affiliate program and they hire an agency is they give up on it too quick because it gets too expensive and then they stop doing it and then they get the whole perception that affiliate marketing doesn't work. But the reality is they weren't quite ready yet for that step. So like we talked about earlier, you have to have a proven concept that you can generate consistent sales. Then when you have enough money to cover the cost of an outside agency of a minimum of $1,000 a month, then you should consider that because there's brands out there that are pretty large that probably could use an agency, but they're doing it all in-house and it's not as successful as it probably could be. Yeah. So you prove that the program works And then you go have someone support you to scale it and make it better, (laughs) which is kind of how you should all just run your e-commerce businesses in general, prove everything first, and then kind of take that next step. So every time I have a guest, I like to ask them these two main questions because I feel like there's a lot of bullshit out there about how easy e-commerce is and all this stuff. And I like to give my audience the real talk, the things that no one else is talking about, just so they can feel a little bit better about where they're at in their business. So you work with clients, you support them in their affiliate programs. You probably do like some special campaigns and promotions with affiliates at times. Is there like a big failure or something that you tried that just totally bombed and did not work out the way you thought it would? Yeah. What I like to do is with certain brands, I like to do uh, contests with affiliates where we take the base of affiliates and we say, we're going to have a contest. Whoever gets the most sales in a month will get a hundred dollars. I'm just throwing stuff out there, but those don't work like the way I did them initially. It was horrible. No one was engaged. No one was even doing anything because the problem was there was like nothing there for them to shoot for. So the people that generated a lot of the sales, they were still at the top of the board where the people that were smaller affiliates, they had no shot at it. So I was handicapping them from the beginning, not even realizing I thought I was doing a good thing, but the one size fits all thing didn't work out and it was horrible. It was actually embarrassing. What I had to do is I had to figure out ways to split it up into like the higher performing affiliates versus the smaller affiliates and compete them against each other versus 
putting them all together. That was a hard lesson because I did it a few times and I'm like, man, is it me? It was me really because I wasn't taking into consideration that not everyone is equal. Right. I guess that makes sense as you kind of have to test them within their own cohort. Or for those of you guys listening, you could always do whoever has like the biggest increase because then they're just competing against themselves, maybe. That's what I ended up doing, actually. I'm like, well, if you can uh, increase your sales from like five a month to eight, we'll do this. And that got more excitement. But just saying, do as much as you can and maybe you'll win. Yeah, I could see that as an affiliate. If I'm like a little small affiliate, I'd be like, thanks. You gave me no shot whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it hurts a little bit because you had good intentions, but you offended people and they may not work with you anymore kind of thing. So you got to be careful with things like that. Yeah, but the good news is you survived, you got through it, and you learned a lesson. And thank you so much for sharing that. I know people don't like to air their <laughs> mistakes, but I think it's important for you guys listening. So here's Rick, like affiliate marketing. This is what he does. And he like still messes stuff up sometimes. So it's going to be okay. But on a more positive note, what about something that was like your biggest success, a strategy or test or something you implemented that just like really blew it out of the water? I met this one affiliate at a conference probably back in 2013 or 14. So this is a while ago. And he told me that he was like an affiliate that got his promotions to go viral. That's the way he described it. I'm like, all right, I'm like, whatever guy. I'm like, sure. And then um, I'm like, would you be interested in just testing out with a couple of my brands that I was working with? But one in particular, it was a cookie brand. They sold cookies and we gave him a code to use. I went like, just to see what this guy can do. It was during Q4 too, so it was a busy time. In one month, he did like 60 grand just himself. On cookies? That must have been a lot of cookies. I mean, they weren't cheap cookies. Okay, but still, 60 grand in cookies. That's a lot of cookies. He did a lot of sales and his commission was higher than the rest of them. So I was pretty happy with it because I got paid off the commission. So I was pretty happy. He accounted for probably almost half the revenue that month. Okay. So sometimes when people say they make stuff go viral, they're actually not lying. No, he has like a proprietary way. He won't tell me exactly how he does it, but he does it on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Such an untapped platform. You know, I've talked to my audience about it a little bit. The thing about Reddit is you are either a Redditor or you're not. And you have to be all in and people can like sniff out promotion in two seconds and they'll just destroy you on there. And he told me that he's been there since day one. So his account is all established and everything like that. And I'm like, do whatever you got to do. I'm like, just keep going. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, please keep selling these cookies. Thank you. <laughs> and to this day, we work together. I believe he told me, I talked to him a few weeks ago. He does, like, he does over a million dollars a month in sales. So he's a high performer. Wow. That's amazing. That's another thing to think about is when you are finding these affiliates and we talked about this, you know, in terms of influencers too, is this is their job. They put a lot of time, energy, and effort into doing this. So don't discount what it takes for them to create these kinds of results and remember that they're worth it and that they are helping you and your business. Don't judge an affiliate by their cover, so to speak because they may not look like a match or they may seem like they're not going to be a fit for your product. Just try it, test it, 
and see because you never know what could happen. Yeah. And hey, the worst thing is they drive no sales and it costs you no money. So it doesn't even matter. That's such a great point. One last note before we go is if you could give my audience one thing to take away from this episode, like what's the most important thing they need to walk away remembering? They need to walk away remembering that we're in 2021, that they need to have some sort of affiliate program in place, whether it be like a referral program or an affiliate program, influencer program, something. It's a must nowadays because costs of other marketing are going up and affiliate, the performance model is what it is. We talked about it numerous times already, but there's no reason why you can't set up an affiliate program and have it generate revenue. And then as you see it growing, then you can start investing more money into it and maybe taking money from other marketing channels and putting it into affiliate. Do some research on affiliate marketing programs and strongly consider getting one set up. And if you're going to do it, I would set it up before Q4, set it up before October, because that's when a lot of these affiliates tend to stop like looking for other brands to work with because they want to get everything set up for Q4. That's their best time of the year. So in the next three months, at least consider it, but I would highly recommend getting one set up. Amazing. Thank you so much. So Rick, can you please tell my audience more about where they can find you, learn more from you? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So my website for my agency is affiliateprogrammanagement.co. I can be found on LinkedIn, Rick McGinnis. I post three to four pieces of fresh content every day on there, all affiliate marketing related. So that's a good place. But also I have this event that I ran back in February. It was a free event for brands to learn how to start and grow affiliate programs. And what I'll do is I'll give your audience access to it. Normally now it costs like $79. I'll give it to them for free. All they got to do is put in the code, a code that you'll put in the show notes so that they can see it. And then they'll have free access to it. And there's 20 sessions of people teaching how to grow and scale affiliate programs and how to start them. So it it was really a good event. And um, yeah, I'll give that to your audience for free as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. And guys, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes. You know how I do it. So I just want to say thank you again, Rick, for hanging out. Thank you to the audience for spending time with us. I know you could be anywhere on the internet right now. I appreciate you tuning in each week and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.